So we're going to look at a mother being a mentor, a mother being other focused, a mother being tender hearted, a mother being a homemaker, a mother being examples and mothers being resourceful. So that's where we're going. And we're going to ask these six wonderful mums to now share with us. So first of all, Janice is going to share with us. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's my lot to get the M of mother. And the M for mother in this case is stands for mentor. I like to class it with the word teacher as well. According to a dictionary, a mentor is one who guides another person, who offers advice and instruction, uh, has the responsibility to motivate at the same time as offering emotional support, enabling growth to another individual. A mentor will see the huge potential in a person and works towards seeing that potential realized. Uh, they also offer counsel to the person, so they have to be a good listener. They're able to build trust and will role model good and positive behavior. Therefore, I think in a way, mothers are very good teachers. And um, a mother has this role. So I just want to give you three things about the mentoring role that I think applies to uh, Christian mothers and all mothers really. Because from the very beginning of a mother's life, a mother will be mentoring, guiding, and teaching that individual. Firstly, she's a guide. She mentors them through her guidance. So a mother will physically guide her, her child's first steps, keeps them safe from danger. I remember when our Daniel was eight months old, he learned to walk. We had quite a job keeping him from eight months old, not getting into any danger because he was walking and tottering everywhere. Um, but I also think that a mother can guide her children uh, in the way of good manners and conduct, uh, teaching good habits, setting healthy parameters and boundaries for their lives. Spiritually, a mother will be that guide to her children because she'll instill spiritual truths and biblical principles into their lives by which they will live. Proverbs 6 says this, verse 20 to 23, my son, keep your father's command. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. Bind those teachings on your heart, fasten them around your neck because when they walk, they'll guide you. When you sleep, they'll watch over you. When you awake, they will speak to you. So spiritual instruction from a mother is very important. The second area of a mother's um, being a, a mentor or a teacher is to be an encourager. She will mentor them through her words of encouragement. Um, as children grow up, a mother needs to recognize and help to develop their full potential. She sees the capabilities and she'll inspire them to reach that potential through encouragement and motivation. In some ways, a mother becomes a cheerleader. It's an American phrase, but a cheerleader is one that really motivates you on and cheers you on in your life. Mothers do that for their children, to go on to do greater and better things. And I believe that my mother was a cheerleader and motivator because when I was young, I loved school, I loved academics, I loved uh, learning, I loved to be in athletics. I was a great sports person in my teen years, right up to when I left school, high school. And she motivated me. She was at every event. She just cheered me on all the time. Uh, her belief in me really inspired me to do well, both academically at school, to what I went on to do in biochemistry, and also uh, with what I was doing in my athletics. So a mother's motivation, her encouragement, inspiration will pro provide the impetus that's needed to bring out the best in all of her children and help them to develop their full potential. But I believe a mother has that ability to also bring out the best in her children spiritually. A good example of generational biblical input comes from the life of Timothy. 
He served along Paul in his apostolic ministry. And Paul speaks of Timothy and his spiritual heritage in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verse 5. He said, I'm reminded, Timothy, of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice. And I am persuaded it now lives in you also. So the faith of um, Lois was instilled into Eunice, her daughter. The faith of Eunice was instilled into her son, Timothy, and he worked alongside traveling with Paul. So Paul had these two great mothers and one a grandmother to thank for inspiring Timothy with faith. I'd like to give my own mother an example of, a prime example of this. We grew up in a broken home. Life was very difficult in the uh, 50s and early 60s, but my mother instilled into us Christian principles. Uh, there was an older brother and a younger sister, and each of us have gone on to love Jesus, to have married Christian spouses, and to have brought our own children up in the ways of the Lord. So, you know, mothers have a great responsibility to read the Bible, to tell those Bible stories, to teach about faith. And I believe that's what my mother did. And I thank her with all my heart for what she did. And I'm grateful for her today. So I'd say to all mothers here today, we have no idea what God can and will do through our children in future years. But what we do know is that a Christian mother has the inbuilt sense to guide and encourage and motivate them. And the final area that I think of being a mentor, there's lots of areas, but I'm just going to speak about three, is being a good listener or counsellor. She gives wise counsel. And so King Solomon said this several times in the book of Proverbs. He said, don't forsake the teachings of your mother, because it indicates how important her role is in relationship to her children. They're extremely important for them to be able to do well, but for them to do that, she must be a good listener. A mother must have that capability to hear her children's cry and to be able to um, connect with emotionally with them. I think women are particularly good at connecting emotionally. I think God has made us and wired us like that. And so they have that right emotional antennae to be able to pick up uh, tensions in the family or what's going on in the crisis in a child's life. When we talk to each other and when we listen to each other, it helps to build trust and confidence in that relationship. So mothers can offer that emotional and spiritual support. All of our children have had their own difficult areas in their lives. And I've hoped that I have been able to try and listen to them and to uh, hear what they're trying to say. Sometimes those conversations have taken place late at night, 12 o'clock at night when they should be in bed. But we've had those conversations and they've borne fruit the next day at school or at college. And I guess we've all done that. So in conclusion, before I close on this subject, I would like to now refer to the older woman in the scripture because it says that they play their own part in mentoring younger mums and younger wives. Titus 2 verse 3 says, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home and to be kind. The scripture indicates that those of us who finish bringing up our children should be willing to mentor and spiritually encourage the other younger wives and mothers because they need guidance, encouragement, and the occasional listening ear. One other inter interesting verse to take note of is found in 1 Timothy 5, 9 to 10. Talks about a widow or a mother having been faithful to her husband. She's well known for her good deeds, such as bringing up children. 
So if you want to know what a good deed is, mothers today, it is bringing up your children. That's what the Bible says, and it recognizes mothers as such. So this knowledge should spur us all on as mums to continue to bring up our children in the right ways so that their words, conduct and behavior is a credit to our hard work and that their faith is noted as well in, in the Lord. And final verse, Proverbs 31, verse 28 says, describes a good woman, uh, a good wife and a good mo mother with these words. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, he praises her. And a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honour her for all her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. So I'd like to think that for each of us all as mothers, our children will one day call us blessed and our good works will be reproduced in the lives of our kids. Amen. Great. Thank you, Janice. So M is for mentors. Mothers are mentors. We're going to go on to the letter O now. And Judy is going to share with us. Thank you, Judy. Hi. Right. Well, as Paul says, I've been given the letter O. Um, and that is to be um, looking at being others or other focused. I think I think that's best explained as putting others first. Um, I had my first baby at 21 and I was overwhelmed. Note that overwhelmed <laughs> by the love I had for this beautiful little boy. But I was overwhelmed by the huge responsibility we now had. I was going to be responsible, together with Terry, for someone else's well-being, growth and development. As a new mother, what had I let myself in for? Before I became a mother, I thought I knew what it meant to be tired. <laughs> After a long, uh, difficult day at work, taking a bath, eating a nice meal and going to bed early was the remedy. Then I had a baby. <laughs> a four night's sleep became a thing of the past. Daily, getting dressed was my big challenge. Taking a shower or bath, how do you do that with a baby that doesn't want to sleep? Even with Terry's love and encouragement and support, my personal daily challenge was how to succeed as a loving mother. I always wanted a family, but by becoming a mother, I now realize life was never going to be quite the same again. I now had become other focused. I was, it was gonna be a sacrifice. Our ultimate aim as parents was to see our baby thrive and grow and to eventually become someone who could be fulfilled, happy, independent, and enjoy an adult life while still remaining a valued and loved member of our family. Me, being a mother has brought me great joy and fulfillment. I definitely wasn't put off because I went on to have three more babies. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 13, four to seven says, love suffers long and is kind. Lever, love never does, does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up. Not, not, love does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in, in, in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, 
and endures all things. I would suggest a mother's love is unconditional. It's eternal. It never ends. Just because my children are now grown adults and my oldest son is 50 plus, I haven't stopped being at the end of a phone to him and being um, his mum. And I believe that's just as God's love is for us. And he loved us so much, didn't he, that he gave us his son. Um, and Romans 8 says, what shall we say to these things? God, if God is for us, who can be against us? Who He did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How can he not with him? How shall we not, sorry, with him also freely give us all things? So how about this as a suggestion in line with the challenge of being focused on others? The church is described as the bride of Christ. So it could be said that this implies the church also has a mother's role. If that's true, it's our challenge as a local church to be focused on others mm -hmm. and love unconditionally. Yeah. What a challenge. Philippians 2 verse 4 says, let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Now, I recognize we cannot permanently and solely be responsible for the complete well-being of others. I would say almost we're looking at being a mother or smothering. Um, however, our joy as a church should be to see a much loved adopted son or daughter become a mature Christian. Mature enough to live a full, fully independent Christian life, yet still be a loved and valued member of a church family. To be focused on others and to see others blessed, mature and secure in their Christian faith and walking with God and ready to mature the next, to nurture the next generation. So I feel that runs in part, um, in, in tandem with it, the role of a mother. Colossians 3 says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humilities, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But all thing put, but above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And then in Romans 12. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honour giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing the needs of the saints and given to hospitality. So I would suggest a lot of that covers being a mother. <laughs> also, we could look at how does that compare with being a church here ended the second lesson okay, thank you very much uh, Judy so mothers are other focused and in case you were wondering who this firstborn baby was that Judy had that gave her sleepless nights etc that was Imi's dad so <laughs> just to put the connection in <laughs> That's lovely, thank you, Judy. Okay, we're gonna now look at the letter T and Babs is going to share with us something around that. Thank you, Babs.
There we are. Okay. Can you all hear me now? This is going to be short. Not saying the others are long, I just love them. Um, I have covered quite a, a bit of what they've said as well. Um, anyway, I'm talking about being tender hearted as a mother. Um, right. The first example is that God's heart towards us is tender. Um, I looked at some ladies in the Bible. I looked at Mary. I looked at Hannah. I looked at Elizabeth. So Mary, uh, the mother of Jesus, Hannah, who was Samuel's mother, and Elizabeth, who was the mother of John the Baptist. And all those ladies had real challenges in their lives. But the interesting thing is that they all had surprises at the start of their pregnancies. Mary actually was not even married. Elizabeth was probably old enough to be her grandmother. And Hannah was childless completely. She was of childbearing age. And that gave all those women real challenges, surprises. But the thing that was very evident with them all was that they all um, obeyed, I didn't really want to lose her, but they all, when God answered their prayers, um, the, from the angel when Gabriel came, when Hannah spoke to Eli, and when, um, what's his name, Zachariah came home from the temple from work, um, and Elizabeth subsequently became pregnant, they all that I think their hearts changed because they all became tender-hearted. They were blessed by the Holy Spirit, both Mary and Elizabeth. Um, and with Hannah, she had asked, Eli blessed her, and she became pregnant as well. Um, in, in, um, with Mary, Mary kept all those things that Simeon spoke in the, uh, his um, prophecy, in the new, in after the birth at the, at the temple, she kept all those things in her heart. And so she pondered these things, kept them in her heart. Hannah continually looked after her baby. Oh yes, but only for three years. She sent him to the temple and kept her promise to God. And she took him a little coat every year or a bigger coat, really, because he was getting bigger. And he, he, his, um, his purpose, was due to her tender-heartedness in a way, her love for him, which God had given her. And with Elizabeth, um, when she and Mary met, because Mary legged it over to her after about a week, since after the angel went to Mary, she went to see Elizabeth. It says she went, she hurried over, there's some little, obviously not that far, because she, she was walking. And when she got there, it says in the scriptures, that when Elizabeth saw Mary, the baby leapt in her womb and she was filled with the Holy Spirit. So John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit and as was, as was Elizabeth. And then she prophesied and spoke to Mary out of a tender heart and a fullness of what God had given her. Um, and the, um, 
that the readings and the stories of those women are actually full of their tender heartedness. They were obedient to the Lord. I don't want to take away from those, so I won't say anything about that. No, it's gone, haven't it? Okay. And, and how God met them, his father heart for them, his tender heartedness for them, his faithfulness, despite all the challenges they face, um, is just overwhelming. Uh, and I do think that um, in the, the mothering of Jesus and John the Baptist, it says that um, Jesus, it says, and the child grew in, hang on, let me find it. The child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. That's oh, because from the very beginning, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And also because they were, in a way, Mary called herself, um, a handmaid, behold the handmaid of the Lord, a handmaid is a servant, and she would have, in, in their tradition, not Mary, but a handmaid in the house, would have had her ear nailed to the door as a sign of ownership and commitment to her master, and I think that is what's shown with all those ladies, they were um, servants of God, they were committed, and because of the way that God went with them stage by stage by stage and took them through to the end, his tender heartedness and his love and care um, was just um, overwhelming. Uh, and that's actually a really good story, uh, stories to read and to think about. So tender hearted, um, it says in Ephesians 4 that we have read already, I think, be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Amen. Lovely, thank you very much, Babs, that's really kind. So we've had uh, M for mentors, O for other focus, T for tender-hearted. Um, now we're gonna go to Amanda. Amanda and Blessing are actually traveling. So that's why we can't see her face today, but she's gonna speak to us, I think from her car as they travel along on the letter H. Are you there, Amanda? Yes, I am, Paul. I do apologize if I, if I break up or anything just because of the signal, so here we go. All right, so I've got H for homemakers. And um, as I was looking through the Bible, I very quickly found that um, it was more implied rather than implicit, especially in the Old Testament, that women uh, were homemakers in the Bible. Um, but the first glimpse that we get, I think, of women as homemakers in the Bible is in Genesis 18, verse 6, when um, the angels came to see Abraham and Sarah and tell them that they were going to have um, a miracle baby. And Abraham was the one who we see uh, embracing these visitors and saying to Sarah, hurry, get three large measures of your best flour, knead it into dough and bake some bread. So, you know, that was her role. She was the, she was the person who provided meals to the family. And then we also look at the, in the book of Ruth, um, that amazing story of Ruth, who was a Moabitess, and she returned with Naomi, her mother-in-law, um, and she took on that role of protector, of provider for Ruth, uh, for Naomi. And actually in Ruth 2, verse 17, it says she gathered barley there all day in Boaz's field. And when she beat out the grain that evening, it filled an entire basket. She carried it back into town and showed it to her mother-in-law. 
Ruth also gave her the roasted grain that was left over from her meal. And that just showed me that, you know, you don't necessarily have to be a mother to be a homemaker, but even though you aren't a mother yet, you can still prepare yourself and um, get ready for that role should it happen later in life. And then in Luke 4, um, verse 38 to 40, um, actually, before I go to Luke, in Proverbs 14, verse 1, it says the wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears hers down. Again, alluding to that idea that women are homemakers and they are what makes the home. And it certainly feels, certainly from my perspective anyway, that when anything is lost in the house or um, people can't find anything, it's always, mom, where is this? Um, and if you know people are hungry, they'll always come to me and say, right, what's for dinner? What are we having to eat? Um, so that's kind of my role in the family. So in the New Testament, then, when we see... Um, Jesus healing Simon Peter's mum. He leaves the synagogue. He goes to Simon's house and he finds Simon's mother-in-law very sick with a high fever. And this is from uh, Luke 4, verse 38. So it says, please heal her, everyone begged. Standing at her bedside, he rebuked the fever and it left her. And she got up at once and prepared a meal for them. So she's the person again, who was at the forefront of making sure that everybody was well fed, everybody was well looked after. And also in the New Testament, we see Jesus talking to Martha and Mary and how Martha felt so overwhelmed because um, she felt like, well, it's my role to look after um, everybody. But, uh, but Mary could take a step back and listen to the words of Jesus. So even though that may not necessarily be um, portraying motherhood in a, in a positive sense in that particular verse, I still think that mothers do have an important role to play as um, as homemakers but I think the verse for me that encapsulates mothers as homemakers is in Proverbs 31 verse 10 to 21 I won't read it all because it is 21 verses but there's just particular verses that stood out for me I'm just going to read those so um so verse and even though the verse the Proverbs um, chapter refers to a wife of noble character. I don't think it should be that specific. I think it encompasses all mothers because this is the role that all mothers, all women play in, in life. On verse 13, it says, she finds wool and flax and busily spins it. She's like a merchant ship bringing her food from afar. She gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plan the day's work for her servant girls. She goes to inspect a field and buys it. With her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She is energetic and strong, a hard worker. She makes sure her dealings are profitable. Her lamp burns late into the night. Her hands are busy spinning thread, her fingers twisting fiber. She extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. She has no fear of winter for her household, for everyone has warm clothes. She makes her own bedspreads. She dresses in fine linen and purple gowns. So um, her husband is well known at the city gates where he sits with the other civic leaders. She makes belted linen garments and sashes to sell to the merchants. She is clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future. And then in verse 27, it says, she carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. So. Um, I do think it's a really great role that women play. They're multitaskers, they are powerful, they are um, providers for their families. And so, yeah, thank you, mums, for 
everything that you do and spinning all those plates and making it look so effortless. That's lovely. Thank you so much, Amanda. A really clear signal. Thank you. We really appreciated that. I love the bit about we go to mums when things are lost or when we are hungry. Uh, real practical illustration. So thank you. Bless you both on your journey. Have a safe journey. Um, taking the boys back to school. Um, so that's lovely. So we've got mothers are mentors. They're other focused. They're tender hearted. They are homemakers. But now we've got the letter E and we're going to go across to Mary to share something on that. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Paul. Um, you know, uh, happy Mother's Day to all mothers today. And what I was going to share, Janice has already spoken. Uh, so, uh, which, is, which is kind of a confirmation, I believe, what I'm going to speak um, is uh, something God wants to speak to us as mothers. And that is from 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1 and verse 4 and 5. I'm just going to read that. It says, now this is a letter Paul is writing to Timothy and he's saying to Timothy, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy when I call to, remem to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother, Louise, and your mother, Eunice, and I'm persuaded is in you also. And I find it so powerful, the scripture, you know, when Janice shared it so beautifully. And, um, you know, it, it speaks about three generations of, uh, and, you, and it says here, you know, Paul is saying your genuine faith that was in Timothy's grandmother and his mother, Louise, and then in Timothy. And it is so encouraging when I read this and I just felt, uh, and I believe this is what God wants to speak to us today, that we should continue praying for our family, for our children, for our grandchildren, and for generations to come, that they will continue to have faith in God and not waver in their faith. And, and I think as mothers, you know, Jesus said, when he comes, will, they, will he find faith? And that's a challenge, I believe, for us, that we need to continue praying for our family to have faith in God and generations to come. We need to even now continue to pray, praying for our generations, you know, that will come, that they will continue to have that faith in God. And, uh, uh, and uh, yes, and, and I, yeah, <laughs> I thought Sajim was adding something to it. Mm -hmm. And uh, so this is where I want to just encourage you that, uh, you know, mothers, uh, continue praying for your family, uh, that they will continue to have their faith in God, just as Timothy's grandmother and mother, you know, led a, such an exemplary life for him. Yeah. God bless you. Lovely. Thank you, Mary. So mothers are examples uh, to their children and grandchildren. That's lovely. Thank you so much. Uh, finally, we are going to look at the letter R and I'm turning to Pam for that. Thank you very much, Pam. So I have the R of mother. Mums are resourceful. So to be resourceful by definition, is having the ability to find quick and clever ways to overcome difficulties. 
Another definition that I found, which is more to do with business, is the definition that to be resourceful is to have the ability to find and use available resources to solve problems and or to achieve goals. Two typical examples that a mum might be faced with, I'm sure we all have those that have had children. Your children are bored and fed up with the toys they've been playing with. The weather is awful and it's two and a half hours until tea time. So mum comes up with a creative idea of perhaps an armchair den made out of two armchairs with a blanket thrown over the top for the kids to play in. Or getting a big empty box and turning it into something exciting like an, a spaceship or a car. Uh, I remember once we um, had a delivery of a, a big piece of furniture. I think it was a bed. And we had a huge box that it came in, which we turned into a castle and put it out in the garden. And it was there for weeks. The kids absolutely loved it. And then the rain came and uh, demolished it. But it was good fun. Or another example, you go to cook the meal and you find you haven't got all the ingredients that you need. So it's either, sorry folks, no meal today, or you adapt and you throw in a few different ingredients and change it a little bit. And hopefully at the end of it, you have a tasty meal still and hopefully a new recipe that you might be able to use again. Going back to that first definition, it's clear here that resourcefulness comes into its own when faced with difficulties. The definition is having the ability to find quick and clever ways to overcome difficulties. It's a type of wisdom that we can draw on when a plan B situation is needed. But many of us, including mums, don't feel that we have that resourcefulness. Do you know it's a type of wisdom? And James 1 verse 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, he, she, should ask of God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him stroke her. But this is the text that, that I absolutely love. Matthew 19 verse 26, and this is to mothers and all others. With faith in God and a tenacity to make it happen, we are invited to give it a try, for all things are possible with God. There are many examples of resourceful mothers in the Bible. The one that stands out for me is Moses' mother. Here she is with a beautiful newborn baby boy, living in a time and society where it's illegal to allow that child to live. All baby boys born to Hebrew women in Egypt had to be drowned in the River Nile. She's surrounded by neighbours who have already lost their infants and who would probably report her to the Egyptian officers if she tries to keep her baby. She manages to hide him for about three months, but the time comes when this little baby is too loud and too restless to keep safe. Somehow this mum has the courage and faith to entrust her infant into God's care. Imagine the anguished prayers that must have accompanied that action. Then she has the resourcefulness and tenacity of intention to make a little watertight ark to at least give her baby son some kind of protection from the water and the Nile crocodiles. Then she obeys the edict to cast her baby boy into the Nile River. And the rest is history, as we say. But what a history. So yes, I would say mothers are resourceful. But if any of us lack 
uh, the skill of resourcefulness. We can ask for this blessing of wisdom from our creative God who lacks nothing and who gives generously what we need. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you to all you wonderful ladies. So we've had mothers described to us as mentors, as people who are other focused, as those who are tender hearted, homemakers, examples, and who are resourceful. And I want to thank uh, Janice, Babs, Judy, Mary, Pam, and Amanda for taking time this week to prepare these lovely thoughts. We've really appreciated it. Bless you all. Love the humour, love the wisdom, and love the personal stories that you've all shared out of motherhood. That's been really great. Thank you.